Hello, my name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. We got a, a wonderful show planned. You're already coughing. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's something nice stuck job. in my throat. Uh, we're going to talk about um, why it's not important where your kids go to college. Okay. You all right with that? It's a big statement. Doesn't matter. All right. And I'm going to bring the statistics to prove it. All right, I love it. Um, I'm going to tell a story about how my daughter's disappointed me mm. at the Chiefs hunt this weekend. Right. Indian princess uh, camp out. Yes, you told me that story. They disappointed me. Yes. I'm grieving. Yes, you are. You also sound like you're... And I got a cold. Yep. See what happens when you don't get a lot of sleep. Yep. And then um, Tournament of Bad, some bad 80s musics. And then finally, Jason Collins just came out. He's a gay dude yep. in the NBA. He's an athlete. The first openly gay professional athlete american because i'm sure there's soccer european right and we saw this soccer guy remember we saw that 60 minutes oh no he's a rugby guy a rugby guy which made it even funnier better because it's such a masculine sport yes and and but that's the thing todd is you can be gay and be masculine of course that guy would beat the pants off any of us heterosexual dudes he was a big strong bruising dude and that's the thing is what's so beautiful about people coming out and not being afraid to come out is that then we get this broader spectrum of who what gay means mm-hmm. and we don't have this limited per stereotypical perspective on this is what it looks like and this is all it is because it's much bigger than that it's like it's similar to um you know a long time ago when no one understood aids at all right. and they kind of said well it's this kind of disease or they even called it a gay disease and then someone like Magic Johnson comes out and it puts a whole new face on it. Yeah. And so people can actually start to say, wait a second, this is something that, you yeah. know, um, I'm understanding from a different perspective. And that's what's so interesting about this. And that rugby guy that you were talking about that we saw in 60 Minutes, that's why I really wanted to talk about this on the show. Because I remember watching that. And and they, the commentator, I don't know if it was Brian Gumble. Was it Real Sports that we were watching? No. But or it was 60 Minutes. I can't no, remember. No, it was Real Sports. It was Real Sports. But okay. Brian Gummel, I just decided he's going to go in my tournament of bad. Yeah, I know. He, we he, talked about him this week. He weekend. does a great show, but my goodness, he is so annoying. He's an annoying interviewer. Just how he asks questions. Do you know what he does? He puts his glasses in his mouth a lot after he asks a question. I mean, it just it just grates on everything that is good for me when I hear him great interview somebody. That is good. <laughs> drives me crazy. Well, I like his brother Greg Gummel. They're both Chicago boys, I think. Are they really? Yeah. Well, they do a good job, but. Um, when he was doing that that real sports episode and talking to this rugby guy, I remember thinking because they commented on who will be the first American right. professional athlete to come. Because I think there's some retired uh, professional football players, here. like that Hawaiian dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, nobody that's in that's playing right now. So um, I was going to end with that part, but as long as we're talking about it, let's. Get I in. say we go first because we don't need to do it very, you know, talk about it very long. But I want to. All right. So his name is Jason Collins, and he played for the he plays for the Celtics and the Wizards, or he did this year. I don't know who he started with. And according to the Sports Illustrated article that I just read, he's now a free agent. Okay. Um, but I think again, why it's so important is because when I see something like that, the first thing that comes into my mind are the men and the young boys who are seeing him do that who have breathed a huge sigh of relief mm. about who they are yeah. and that how much is changing and how they can then see themselves in an athlete. And not only is this guy a, a basketball player and gay, but he's also African-American. Right. He's black. Yeah, this and this guy so, is, uh, he's, he's 
get quite a handful. That's right. Like there's in many ways that he's in the minority. Like I, I often hear, um, you know, women who are African-American who are lesbians. Yeah. Like there's a lot of, you know, play- strikes against you for lack of a better term. In our culture yeah, it is, right. even though it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's really brave of him. And like I said, I feel like just by him coming out, he's saving lives. Mm-hmm. And he's... Um, you mean he's... Uh, and why is he saving lives? Because there are boys who are who either look like him or have aspirations like him or, you know, whatever it may be, who are watching him and going, oh my gosh, I'm okay. Yeah. If he's doing if he this... If he can do this, then I can I'm okay. Also. You know, and I'm talking about boys who are, who are, you know, understanding their own sexuality right now and who realize that they're gay. Or grown men who have never been able to speak their own truth. Well, and, and there's, I don't know, there's 30 some odd NBA teams and about 15 on a roster. And he, odds are this guy isn't the only gay dude out not. there. Of course so not. maybe it'll open up a door for somebody else to, you know, come out of the closet and, um, you know, quit having to deal with the baggage of being secretive or pretending you are something you're not. Well, and let's look at the big picture of this. You know, ignorance comes from lack of information, lack of um, education, lack of understanding. Um, and ignorance is, uh, I don't believe that you're born ignorant or anything. We're, we teach it. Okay. You know, we teach, you know, children to be closed-minded about things. And ignorance can dissipate the more people reveal who they are. And not not just sexuality, but, you know, speak up about something. Or, um, you know, it just, it's interesting to me because I was thinking, you know, here's this guy coming out. um, He's being so brave. He's the first one. He has this path. And I sometimes on the show, I'm afraid to talk about gun control. Like, it just shines a light on my own issues and fears. Yeah, we we have, um, I think we're... At times, or I shouldn't speak for us, I'll speak for me. I am reserved and I don't want to upset our audience or whatever. It's right. just safer sometimes to be neutral on certain things. And then we look at this guy, or even in a much bigger uh, story, Malala, who's Malala, that yeah. Afghanistan girl who is, speaks for women's rights and got shot and was almost killed. And yet here she is continuing her journey towards educating the the people of her country and liberating girls and making sure they're educated well and she's just such a inspiration like i don't know if they're like she was one of the time people of the year she was on the cover she was on the cover and this girl's got guts more than i will ever dream of yeah and i don't know it's just it's you can look to these people and say hey if they can do something that's so scary yet walk through the fear then maybe we can too. So, you know, it's it's funny. I don't want to, um, you know, upset too many people. But when this came out, when I saw this, I'm like, well, that's great. I'm happy for him and everything. But I don't really have any... I just think that that's normal for somebody to... Uh, well, people have been coming out a lot. Yeah, right. and, and, and I don't judge people who are homosexual. And I know there's a lot of people in this country, in this world that, that do. And it's easy for me to say, you know they're bad but they're not they just have a differing opinion you know because it's if we say they're bad then they're saying we're bad and nobody's getting anywhere there's no reason to start throwing names around and and judging and when i'm saying the word you know because i was talking about ignorance i'm not saying these people are ignorant i'm saying that ignorance i think comes from not like fully understanding someone and humanizing something right and that's why it's nice to have different faces because like for example there was a senator um or he was a congressman i can't remember if it was house or senate who was against gay marriage and then his son came out Mm -hmm. and then now he's like now i'm for gay marriage because i love my son well why couldn't he have seen that all these people were human beings who somebody loved well he didn't have to deal with it he didn't but my point is is that 
him loving his his son woke him up to the bigger issue. And when we have someone in our life, you know, we may not understand a certain sexuality or a certain race or even gender. Mm. And then you get to know somebody right. and you understand them and you're like, wow, they're just like me. Right. You know, we're, like we're no different. Well, and I think um, people who have the opposite opinion of what you and I share, which okay. is, hey, if somebody's gay, that's no big deal for us. They can be whoever they want. People who think that being gay is wrong, they think we're ignorant. Correct. And that's why I wanted to reframe when I was talking about ignorance. I'm not calling someone ignorant. I'm using the word ignorance in a, in, and I'll maybe not use that word and just say um, unaware or haven't been exposed to or haven't had the opportunity to know somebody right. yet. Um, because once that happens, I feel like everything shifts. Yeah. You know? For most. I mean, there's For still most. some people out there that have such an extreme opinion that it wouldn't, you know, they're set in their ways. But I think I agree with you. Most people who, if they, you know, need to confront it on a personal level, would probably, you know, give themselves space to change their minds. I've got the best story sure. that, like, drives this home. Lay it on me. So Oprah did a show a long time ago. Wait a second. You're talking about Oprah? Yes. She did a show in the 80s and it was about, uh, no, it was the late 80s, early 90s. I can't remember, but she had the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, the skinheads. The skinheads. Yeah. The Nazi kids on her show. And it was the show, and you've probably heard her talk about this before, but it was the show that turned her around where she realized she was no longer going to put that kind of stuff on TV. And that was the changing of her show. But she had these, these kids who were skinheads on her show and in in her final season so 20 whatever years later three of them came back on to apologize to her and say we were young we were we were ignorant and we were trying to recruit and we were filled with hate Mm -hmm. and we were angry and that's why we chose that group and then oprah asked one guy well what turned you around what changed you he said well i was sent to prison for um hurting some people i can't remember what he did but it was something significant and he was in prison. He was in San Quentin. And he said, I worked in, I can't remember if it was the kitchen or the laundry, with all um, African-American guys, right. all black guys. Right. And they accepted me and treated me kindly. And I had swastikas all over my body. And they still, you know, allowed me, they accepted me. And he said, and they taught me to be open-minded. There are some enlightened African-American dudes in that jail. I know. It, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I don't. It's not that I don't believe you, but wow. Because well, my guess is most people in jail kind of are on the wrong course for a certain reason and are a little bit more prone to separation and differentiation. And I'm on this side, you're on that side. And for these guys, these African American dudes, to accept a guy with swastikas on his chest. Well, and acceptance is a strong word. Remember in American History X, that's what I just wrote down on my paper. Yeah, in that guy, it's not like he's like, "Hey, we love you. We want to be friends with you." They just didn't. They're like, I'm not going to engage with you. I'm going to treat you like a human being, which in turn allowed him to treat them like human beings. It wasn't like they were like, let's be best friends. When I say they accepted him, they treated him as a human. Mm -hmm. Well, in in that, I'm I'm thinking of American History X. If you haven't seen that movie, it's it's pretty heavy, but it's it's pretty darn good. It's a good movie. Um, uh, who's the who? Who's Edward the, Norton? Edward Norton, and then the uh, other African American kid who's in it. Their common bomb was talking about NBA. So here we are talking about the NBA. Interesting. Because Ed Norton talks about the Celtics. Because in the Celtics, uh, in the eighties or nineties, the eighties, the Celtics were really good. And most of their team was white, which is kind of crazy because most of the NBA is African American right. and all that. So he was. So it was just a. That's what 
got them talking. That's what got them started. Sports made their connection. Exactly. And maybe if they, you know, people say sports are stupid, but in that sense, had sports never been in their lives, they may never have. It was their link. And for those of you who haven't seen it, you know, it's basically like the same story. Edward Norton and many members of his family, they're skinheads. Edward Norton eventually ends up going to jail. And it's interesting because he was working in the laundry. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. where he met this guy. They became really good friends and it turned him around and he came home to save his brother. Yes. Um, which we won't tell you what happens after that. But yeah, you got to see it. Yeah. Um, but the point is, is that that's the kind of, when someone is authentically themselves and treats other people with respect and we learn to treat others and their choices with respect that's what happens mm-hmm. we grow we evolve we connect we we see things differently like we're doing my retreat started today um and the whole focus of the retreat is the beauty of now it's noticing what's beautiful even in the midst of a challenge like you're sick today and but you're in this retreat so i've been you know i haven't been challenging you personally but you're challenging yourself right to notice yeah i'm sick but here's also some things that are working right yeah so see the good see the good and you know and so in the midst of bad so i just wanted to give a shout out to uh, jason collins and i wanted to i know i i get on your case about reading things but can i read something i'm gonna read a quote later on so okay so we're on the same page here so here's a quote from this uh sports illustrated article that he gave and it says the recent boston marathon bombing reinforced the notion that i shouldn't wait for the circumstances of my coming out to be perfect things can change in an instant so why not live truthfully When I told Joe, um, and that's a friend of his that had marched in a gay pride parade. When I told Joe a few weeks ago that I was gay, he was grateful that I trusted him. Because his friend marched in a gay pride parade, but he was straight. So he was grateful that I trusted him. He asked me to join him in 2013 and we'll be marching on June 8th. No one wants to live in fear. I've always been scared of saying the wrong thing. I don't sleep well. I never have. But each time I tell another person, I feel stronger and sleep a little more soundly. It takes an enormous amount of energy to guard such a big secret. I've endured years of misery and gone to enormous lengths to live a lie. I was certain my world would fall apart if anyone knew. Yet, when I acknowledged my sexuality, I felt whole for the first time. Well, and what I just wrote down when you're reading that, be your authentic self. So this has nothing to do with being gay, but... If you have a circumstance where you're hiding something that it's just very limiting and we're all human beings so we have certain things that we have to work through but if we can somehow take this guy's lesson of you know just not hiding who you are because it's so limiting this poor guy hasn't been sleeping because he's been carrying this monstrous secret for years and years and years and then the deeper part of this is the shame the reason you hide something is because you're shameful and what shame feeds off of is I won't be of value no one will love me if they knew right now but what this guy did was he is he just made a whole lot of enemies and a whole lot of friends yes all at the same time and but but you know who he made this is gonna sound cheesy who he made friends with himself himself and that's it I was just thinking about this morning I was gonna write a blog I'm not gonna do it this morning because I don't have time but I was thinking about a topic and the words that keep coming to me it are that peace is quiet and that Lots of things can be going on outside around you. People may hate you and they're going to judge you or um, lots of drama out there. But peace is quiet, meaning when you feel good about what's going on inside of you, things get quiet Mm -hmm. and you can make that choice. And when you are trying to cover up a lie and when you are trying to live a different way or hide something or you're trying or you're allowing that shame to control you, whatever it may be, it's loud and dramatic and painful and heavy. Mm -hmm. And that peace... It's quiet. I'm with you. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Um, 
Let's see. Where do we want to go next? Um, probably to our uh, partner. partners. Helping Hands Maid Services. They're awesome. And they do clean our house, house cleaning. once a month. Mm-hmm. And their number is 630-530-1324. 630-530-1324. If you live in the Chicagoland area, you can give them a call and they can come clean your house. And they are as clean as can be at home and at work. HelpingHandsMaidService.com. And I got to sneeze, but it's not coming out. Okay. So what are you going to do? Swallow it. You don't swallow sneezes. Just suck it up. I, sometimes I try to look at the sun because that helps, but there's no sun to be looked at right now. It's beautiful now. here in Chicago. I know. I know. Um, so, all right. Next, we want to talk about... All right. So I, this is all you. This is all me. All okay. right. So I was listening to my Planet Money podcast on NPR, um, and they had this guy on. His name is Charles Whelan, and he wrote a book called Naked Statistics, and they say a lot of things in the book, or he says a lot of things in the book, but there's one item in the book that seemed interesting to me that they talked about on the podcast and because the whole idea of the book is about how statistics can lie or how numbers can lie and his whole point is not to have statistics but to evaluate all the statistics that are out there and try to be more clear on something um I don't know. Well, and because the important thing about understanding the statistics can lie is that a lot of people base a lot of their decision making and a lot of their value system right. on looking at numbers. Right. They will say, well, I feel this way, but the numbers say that way, so I'm going with those. Right. So it's important to, that's why this is so important to me, is because sometimes you have to realize that numbers can be skewed. Right. So, exactly. And so they did a very specific study, though, that I thought was interesting from a parenting perspective, because we are Zen Parenting Radio. Correct. And they did, and I might read this, um, they talk about the differences between correlation uh-huh. and causation. Correlation is kind of like the example they give in the podcast was whenever Tiger Woods is doing well, uh-huh. the Dow, the stock market, is goes up. Interesting. Most. And does that mean that Tiger Woods has something to do with the stock market? And the obvious answer is no. Right. Tiger Woods. They're, they're like parallel. I mean, it might help Nike, but at the overall stock market, right. it's it just so happens. Correlated, it's right. just correlated. Versus causation when they talk about when one thing causes another Correct. thing to happen. So the study that I want to talk about was they did a study where they studied um, kids uh, in, co- or in high school. And they took the... Um, they took a bunch of kids that got accepted into the Ivy League schools. Okay. And some of them went to an Ivy League school, and some of them chose not to go to an Ivy League school. And they tracked what happened to these kids over years and years. Like, will an Ivy League school make you become more successful? And you and I talked about the definition yeah. of success. But in this definition we're talking about, if were they successful in their career, financial, right, all that stuff. What their so job was. So it turns was. out that they're really was no difference mm. between the kids who went to the Ivy League school versus the kid who went to the state school. Interesting. Which I thought was interesting because we as parents dedicate a lot of our energy to making sure our kids study for their exams, get ready for the SAT, do all this stuff in anticipation of where they're going to go to college. And we base a lot of our pride and our, um, you know, thinking our children will be successful on what school they choose. Exactly. And if our children choose an Ivy League school, then we walk around thinking, now my child will be happy. Right. So in this particular pool of uh, people in this study, they happen to have whatever a hundred kids or a thousand kids and half of them went to that school and half of them went to a lesser 
renowned school. And there was probably still great schools, but they weren't Stanford, well, they weren't. Harvard. Right. right. So, so I think the point that I'm trying to make, and maybe I'm being a little too wordy, it doesn't matter where they go. What matters is who they are. Mm-hmm. You know and what, what I mean? they do with who they and are. And what they do with who they are. So uh, that doesn't mean you let your kids blow off everything, but it's not as important as we all think it is. Well, and here's why Todd and I talk about this all the time. It's not so then you go, okay, I don't care about school. It's so you start to see the value and importance in the other things, the emotional intelligence, them being able to be compassionate, them being on a team, them being able to understand other people. And we give just as much value to that as we give to the grades. So it's not that you stop caring about grades, is that you don't make it the end all be all. Right. Because if the kids miss their emotionally their emotional intelligence milestones, meaning we we don't care about those things and all we care about them is being competitive and getting ahead. Right. Then even once they go to that Ivy League school and get their first job, they're not going to do very well because you have to be able to understand people and work with people to get ahead in life. And I, you know, so it's not just the school. The school can make an impact. You say you go to Harvard, okay, everyone's going to go, oh, that's impressive. But that only goes so far. Right. You got it. You have to be a person of integrity and a person of, um, you know, who can get along with other people. Well, and I think what, uh, and you're saying the same thing just in different words. What I would say to ourselves, because we're the parents of three daughters and all the listeners who happen to be parents is we should dedicate as many, as much of our resources to the inherent qualities of these children Yes. versus how'd you do on the test? Yes. You got to get ready for the SAT. Yes. So how are you feeling inside? Right. Are you listening to what your gut tells you? Oh, you're having a hard time with a friend. How can we work through that instead of, you know, disregarding it, not making it important? Um, you know, what, you know, what are your interests? What are your passions? What feels good? Oh, you feel like going and digging in the backyard? Go ahead. Instead of, no, you need to study for two more hours. You know, there's a, we have to balance. It's just balance. Right. Well, and then I think we, I don't know if we touched on this in the last few weeks and if we have stopped me, but the whole definition of success. Now I know in this uh, discussion, we were talking about financial and career and everything else, but really what does it mean to have a successful child? And I think you and I have a very different definition of versus what a lot of other people might do. It's like, you know, a lot of people like you want to make sure that they have a career and they have a job and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like really those are the byproducts. Those are the outside things. That's the outside stuff. Right. Really what we want is to raise these daughters to be emotionally healthy individuals. To value who they are and know they have something to offer and feel good about waking up in the morning. Right. That's really all I want. And and I think a lot of people would, um, I think most people would agree with what you just said. Yet, those same people who agree with what you just said also say, no, you can't go outside and play because you have to make sure you get an A, a on this test. Well, and that's what I would call... Um, Maybe they don't get an A. Maybe they get a C plus. Yeah. Maybe they get a B minus. And, you know, we do that too. Like, what I, I will call myself out on something as far as, like, sometimes I get into the mode of... This has to be done. This needs to look this way. And I forget my greater value system. Right. You kind of get on autopilot yeah. where, you know, JC will bring home, um, and I'm use, I use JC a lot because she's the oldest and she's bringing home more tests and projects and stuff. You know, she does bring home something. I'll say, well, what happened here or whatever? And I kind of go backwards into that, why aren't you working at this level? Right. You know, and I have to literally take a breath 
And sometimes I don't even catch myself till an hour later and have to go back or maybe a day later. But we all kind of go into that autopilot mode, maybe in a way that it could be the way that we were raised. So it's like a cellular memory. Right. It could be societal. It could be because we fear something bigger. You know, like we just heard a story of a kid who dropped out of school and then all of a sudden we start to put all of that fear on our children. Like it could be cellular or it could be societal. And we make that, we, we have to be conscious enough to realize when we're doing that versus teaching and being with our kids from a conscious place. Right. Well, and all I want to see from our kids is not to get an A, but as long as they make an effort. And poor JC, we're going to pick on her. But Well, she's the only one coming home with grades. She's doing that right uh, thing on Kentucky. And she actually ended up doing a really good Fantastic, job. Fantastic, yeah. But there were moments of frustration from both of us. Right. Because she kind of was trying to squirm out of it and make you do more totally, of the work totally. and all that. So this doesn't mean that you just let your kids do whatever they want. Well, but I really believed that some of that, it was, um, of course, we want her to do well in school and and turn in what she's supposed to turn in. But that is the emotional intelligence piece. You can do this. You have the ability. I will help you and support you. But you pushing this off on someone else isn't good for you. That's not in integrity. Right. You know what I mean? And so I'm not going to just walk away and be angry at you about it. I'm going to call you out on it right. and say, I will help you, but you've got to do this piece. Mm-hmm. So it really is, if my whole focus was you got to get an A on this, I'd right. probably be yelling at her about it. Right. Or I don't know how it would show up. I got I can't I can't guess. But a lot of times it's that emotional intelligence piece. And then, you know, let's just take those words off the table. Sometimes it's just annoying. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, like sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, let's get through this. Well and you know, as far as homework goes, like they'll ask before they try. Yes. They will say, How do I do this? I'd be like, I don't know. What do you what does it say? I don't know. Read it. Well didn't do you it. learn this in class? I don't remember. You yeah. know and, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like that's I want to be helpful. I am available during homework time. Like, that's what I want to be. But I don't want to do it. Right. I'm not going to do it for you. Right. And if I do it for you, how is that helpful? But let's go the polar opposite. Like, what I sometimes want to do, which we haven't done yet, was go up to your room and do your homework. Right. And and basically, we're not available at all. Right. And that's not necessarily the best idea either. Well, it's too... I know you and I have talked about this. Because my brain works that way. Like, I would when I would do homework, I would go to a room that had nobody in it and I could just focus on it and get it done. And if I had questions, I would come ask. Right. Versus the way we do homework in our house is it's at the kitchen table and there's a lot of activity and distractions and things like that. Well, that's the way you view it. See, again, you're, and you're saying that, you're, you're taking ownership of that, but I like to be around people when I was, you know, doing my work, right. when I do my work now as right. an adult and when, you know, sometimes I like to be alone, but when they're doing work at the counter, it's not like there's a ton of activity. Right. I mean, they're at the counter, I'm in the kitchen and, you know, it's not quiet the way you would want it, but we've said to them before, do you want to go up to yeah, your room? We, no, I want to be here. So if we force them to go up to their room, that'd be your way. Right. That'd be the way Todd does it. Right. So we we make that an option. Like we, they have desks in their room now, yeah, so right. they can do that. But the truth is they would prefer not to. Cameron couldn't do it because her desk is a little full. She's got a lot of stuff. Do you know what she does? She keeps every spelling list... Every Why? paper, Why? like we'll go through her papers and she'll be like, I want to keep these. I'm going to throw these away. And she'll say, I'm going to file them. But she doesn't have She's any files. She's a hoarder in training. She doesn't have any files. And she also will sleep on her bed and there'll be a million things on her bed. Stuffed animals. No, it's like notepads. <laughs> and she's got like, like there's, 
less space for her than there is stuff on the bed. I know. And I, as a kid, I can relate to that because I would sleep with stuffed animals all around me and a notebook or, you know. It, no, she's got like toys on there. Oh. There's a little bit of, like if we went up to her room right now, we would see a, a lot of stuff. Yeah, you're probably right. Drives me nuts. Okay. All right. Um, last but not least. Oh, we um, should probably talk about Tree of Life. Uh, chiropractic. Yes. Oh, yeah, there it is. Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. They are our chiropractors and Elmhurst's own chiropractors. And for those of you who don't know, we had some flooding last few weeks, so they're actually going and doing a few specials. Uh, 15 bucks off a 60-minute massage, 20 bucks for an adjustment, or 25 bucks for an exam if you haven't been in the office for six months or longer. So, so it's kind of a flood special. Yeah, it's a flood special. Because wellness, uh, you know, as Dr. Kelly always says, it's your it's mental wellness, physical wellness, and um, what's the other one? Spiritual wellness? I don't know if she says sure. that. But the whole point is, is that getting your body adjusted and getting um, physically well will help you mentally and spiritually as well. Healthy families by choice. Not by chance. Um, so we have two things left. Okay. Actually, three things. A tournament of bad, 80s musics, and um, my story from the weekend. Okay, so why did the girls disappoint you? Indian princes camp out. Um, Skylar, I have three daughters, 10, 8, and 5. And me and my 5-year-old spent the most of the camp out together. It's like 100 dads and 150 daughters, and we go to this place in Indiana, and we just do all this fun stuff. Right. Um, so Skylar is 5, and she doesn't have as many friends, so she and I spent most of our time together, whereas JC and Cameron are, were, off, with their peer are group. off with their peer group mm-hmm. most of the time. And we did certain activities together, but the majority of the time was them off and it's fun for them because they have complete freedom they can go and they don't have to ask permission it's safe, to go right it's a safe place for us as dads but they can kind of go explore and do all like awesome they were like jumping in the water even they weren't supposed they weren't supposed to and going on this pier they weren't supposed to and they just kind of do things like they awesome. they push the limits in a in a space that's safe in a controlled setting yeah. somewhat okay so really fun time but i kind of got frustrated because we on Sunday, one of the last things we do before we leave is we call it, we, we do a chief's hunt. And it's basically this contest. It's like a hide-and-go-seek game uh, throughout the entire space where we're doing the camp out. And I decided that since I haven't spent much time with JC and Cameron, that I want them to be on my team for the chief's hunt. Okay. So I said, guys, chief's hunt's coming up. I just want you to know that I want the, me, you, me, JC, Cameron, Skyler to be on the team together. And they said, fine. And then when it got time to actually do it, a few of their friends were in another group. Okay. And JC's like, I want to go in the other group. Mm-hmm. And I got frustrated because this, this is the only thing I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I was kind of letting them go the whole weekend. But you were like, you were holding on to the fact that later that. they'll be on my team. Exactly. So JC's like, I want to be on. I'm like, fine. So Cameron's like, well, I want to be over there too. So all of a sudden, it was just me and Skyler again. <laughs> So I said, fine, go. Like, I totally didn't handle it well. Um, I'm like, go to your team, whatever. And see ya. See ya. And um, I was terribly frustrated. And the point I want to make is they didn't know that I was ha- I was having these frustrations throughout the weekend because I didn't, I didn't communicate that to them. Right. I also didn't communicate that it was important for them to be on my team. To you, it was important that it was something that they would be supporting you and your needs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't communicate. Instead, I just got mad and I said, fine, go to your other mm-hmm. team. They didn't know. They didn't know. So we got in the car, driving home, and I said, guys, just so you know, I probably didn't handle that as well as I could have. I, But next year... We're gonna do chief hunts together, chiefs hunt together, because it's important to me right. to have this done. So I, I think what I'm getting at is sometimes we get so frustrated with our kids, 
um, even though they like it would come out of left field. Like I let them play with their peers the entire weekend. Why would this time be any, be any different? different? They they couldn't read your mind and know that you had been putting all your eggs in one basket, exactly. which was the chief hunt and saying, well, I'm going to feel good about this weekend if they are on my team. Therefore, they will be. And then they don't want to be. And then all of a sudden, everything's ruined. Right. And they, they didn't know. Right. And it's not like, I love what you did because it's not like you completely let them off the hook. You talked to them in the car and said, next time we do this, this is important to me. And here's the vulnerable part. When we talk about being vulnerable as a, as a parent, instead of saying, you're supposed to be on my team, you should be on my team. That's what kids do, which is all a bunch of made up. Right. crapola and making them feel guilty you say it's important to me you are helping me out by being on my team because i want to be and, with instead you instead of you should want you should to be want to on my team because they may say i really don't want to be because I know. they don't because right. if they did they right. would be on my team right they but you say it's important but i felt to me. in that moment that they didn't love me yeah you know yes. i mean in that moment i'm like they you know it's the beginning of friends becoming more important yeah. than parents in their actions are somehow demonstrating to you that yes they're more important than your needs and it's because they are right and it's probably going to get worse right in that moment it's got nothing to do with they love that person more it's you're a safe person you're just a solid foundation person everything else is an exploration right and it's discovery yeah so you're the safe person and if we stop being the safe person right. but the key to this is you guys it's not about letting your kids just walk all over you you still when something is important to you you have to let them know and stand your ground and maybe why why it's important why? to you but don't guilt them about it and make and, them and, feel shameful and i definitely made them feel guilty mm-hmm. and um, you know, I didn't totally, you know, mm-hmm. yell at them, but I didn't make well, them feel you're good about their angry. choice. Right. I do that too. But the good news is Skylar wanted to be on my team. Well, you know, she loves you. She, that kid, that kid freaking loves me, man. Well, part of that is just because you're a great dad and you guys have a great relationship, but you do remember that when that child came out in the car that you held her for a good two hours against mm. your chest because I couldn't right. because my body was in shock. Right. So you guys had instant bonding right after birth. Both, all three of my kids love me, but man, <laughs> Skylar, <laughs> she loves me. She does in a way that uh, I thought, you know, I don't know, don't just know. a very cool thing. Beyond. So, okay, are we ready for our music? Let's first talk about Avid, painting, okay. remodeling, all of the Chicagoland area. Their number is 630-956-1800, avidco.net. Give them a call if you have any work that needs to be done. All right. So do you have your, so uh, to follow up, we're doing bad 80s songs. Okay. You pick one and I pick one each week. Okay, so you got to give me a second because I got to pull mine up. I'm going to, should I start talking about my tournament of bad? Um, no, I'm like really close to it okay. and I'll be there in like, Two seconds. Uh, we should do um, the drum roll. Hold, okay, ready? Hold on, drum roll. Okay, so I gotta turn it up. This, thank you. This is my song, and I think it should win because why isn't the volume going up? You gotta press play. Oh, that's it. And I think it should win because it's a really bad Doyers. song. 80s song, bad song. Bangkok, oriental sitting in the city, don't know what the city is. The creme de la creme of the chess world no. in a show. I am, I'm trying. It's kind of. I don't know. I think this is kind of catchy. Who sings it? Murray Head. Guy like Murray Head. He knows how to write music. Here's the thing. This is quintessential '80s music. What is this? There's a couple of good lines in this song. He talks through the whole thing. (laughs) All right, pull up mine. Okay, so. 
One Night in Bangkok, What's That About? By Murray Head. And why is that in a top 10 list? And again, are we dancing to it? Are we like driving down the streets thinking about our love while we're listening to it? And like, what's the purpose of One Night in well, Bangkok? Well, he had One Night in Bangkok. And he was, sure did. It was crazy. Okay, so I got to turn it back down so I can get it started here. Okay, wait, yours? Okay, I got to get yours pulled up. So you can talk um, about something real quick. I'll talk about what, how awesome, actually how bad this song okay, is. Okay, so I'm going to start turning it up, and here it comes. You actually like this song. You just wanted me to play it. It's just the dumbest song ever. Anybody, who, anybody right who's now. not lip syncing right now. We just like to spell. He does. It's a method of modern love. Okay, is that enough yeah, of this one? Funny. Okay. So I just think people like to spell. Make sure you vote for me. Who won last week's? Um, you know what you did. That's right. Putting on the Ritz Where beats. Where fashion sits. Um, walk the dinosaur. Putting which on the Ritz. I kind of put in the the comment section. I posted the video for Walk the Dinosaur because I felt as if people didn't understand how bad Walk the Dinosaur I think that you were trying to give yourself an yes. unfair advantage. I said, Todd is winning, therefore I'm going to post this video so I win, and then you got mad, so I posted a Putting on the Ritz video. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. i got to start looking at our Facebook I, page. Amen, you do. Speaking of Facebook, make sure you share our show. If you love us, you got to share us. Okay. I mean, I like it when they like it, but I love it when they share it. Thank you. And there are some people who do. I've noticed that. And um, you can give us a review on iTunes, too, if you want. Yeah. And you could also buy Kathy's book. She's got two books, Self-Aware Parent Part 1 and 2. Really easy reads, but yet very meaningful reads. KathyCAdams.com. You know what people tell me? That they sit in their bathroom. Yeah, it's a bathroom book. It's a bathroom book. Because the chapters book. are like three pages. Yeah. They, it takes like just a couple minutes to read a That's chapter. Right. So. Um, and the guest tournament of bat is from my sister, Shane. And she just said the auto flush on the toilet when it doesn't go off. <laughs> okay. So, Shane, I'm in full agreement with you with the auto flush. Either it doesn't go off or the fact that it goes off while you're sitting on the toilet. And then number two. Because then you get you get water on your butt. Exactly. Sometimes if it's a really aggressive flush. Yeah. And it's like, why is it flushing? Yeah. And then the other thing is, is when you go wash your hands and the auto wash doesn't turn on and you're like sitting there swiping your hand trying to get the water to yeah come. you do the wand you're doing the wand and the thing is is you can't do anything if it doesn't it's not like there then is a handle to go oh well, i'll just use the handle right. you have to keep looking like an idiot you're trying to get the water the water to come out and then so the water finally comes out and then there's auto paper towels yeah and sometimes they're empty and so you're wiping your hands in front of the auto paper towels as long as we're talking about toilets we were uh, we were in new mexico yeah they had um you know they're all about environment out there they had uh waterless urinals yeah that i don't understand that because i wasn't in there so explain it's a, like a deep urinal because usually with urinals you press flush and the, the water whole idea cleans is, it yeah the water kind of cleans it but really why do you need that this was just kind of a deep urinal where your pee goes straight down. I can say why you need that. Why? Because if you kind of pee on the side or, you know. But it's so, it's a, it's a deeper urinal, so it goes down. I know, but even if it's going down, it's creating that, it's like still on the sides. And no, it's like a little, it's like a funnel. It's It looks like a funnel. And the bottom line is it saves hundreds of millions of gallons well, of water a year. I'm for that. I can't say that I'm like against saving water. It's just, it could get dirty and could... Well, Steak. I'm sure they clean it too, but oh. to, to waste a gallon of water, yeah. half a gallon of water every time somebody takes a leak, think about, you know, a sports stadium where, you know, I can't imagine how many 
billions of gallons oh, of water no. gets wasted. That was at that restaurant I loved. What was that place called? It was a roadhouse? Yeah, some roadhouse deal. Best breakfast ever. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was good. Pretty, pretty good. We went twice. I got mad at the hash browns didn't turn out as well as I was hoping they would. No, that was at the other place. That was at Cafe Pasquale. That that was the hash browns weren't good. This was the place with the big burrito chili. And the big cinnamon. And the cinnamon roll. Yeah. Mm good place um all right well thank you for listening share our show and just support us any way you and know on how. facebook go to our facebook page and comment about who should win this 80s m-e-t-h-o-d-o-f-l-o-v-e it's a method of modern love now you sing your song you sound like daryl hall and john oates you sing your song i'm not gonna sing Come my on, do song it. you know i don't know the One words night in Bangkok. <laughs> do, 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 do. see you don't know the words either murray had i'm sure he had other big songs heed too. move now all right if you know what movie that's from post it on facebook that's a movie line all right see you guys next week bye